Come, thou long-expected Jesus. How many of you feel like you've ever had to wait for God for something? (laughs) Almost all of us have. And that's, I think, what's interesting is Christmas kind of brings this season of longing. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, right? Thousands of years, people were longing and waiting for this Messiah to finally come. And so now, today, like these three sitting over here, all of us, at some time or another, we have something inside us, something where we just feel like it's empty or we have a need or we're struggling, and we just wish that God would come. And we wait, oh, come, thou long-expected Jesus. So Christmas, it just kind of has this theme of longing, of desire, of expectation. And so even uh, just the last three weeks, we've been uh, looking at hope, because that's what hope is. Hope is a desire for an, expecta- an expect- expecting, excuse me, something good to, t- to happen. So that's just part of it. So we, we dream, we have these dreams of things that we want to see. And so what's funny is our culture has kind of crept right into that with Christmas. Christmas, all of a sudden, now culturally too, has to do with dreams. Everybody has these dreams with Christmas. In fact, apparently we have dreams, kids have dreams of sugar plums dancing in their heads. Have any of you ever had a sugar plum dancing in your head? (laughs) I doubt it. But stockings hung right with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon will be there dreaming for stuff that you have. So now we do like, come thou long expected Disney Infinity 3.0 with all the new Star Wars characters. Come thou long expected Lexus with a red bow. Do you guys hate those commercials? Have you ever, you know, how many of you have ever had a Lexus end up in your yard, right, with a red bow on it? (laughs) Dreams and desires. Christmas, though, I know, as a dad, I love to make Christmas a time when dreams come true. But when we talk about the reality of what Christmas is all about, you guys, Christmas is the day when God's dream actually began to come true. So, the greatest message, maybe in American history, August 28th, 1963, one of the greatest messages, if not arguably the greatest message ever given in the United States. What was that message? Come on, you guys, what was it, 1963? I have... A dream, come on, man. First service got that one. Think about it, right? 1963, August 28th. One of the most moving messages ever given that actually turned our whole country around was this, I have a dream. Dreams are powerful, man. So when God had a dream, he sent messengers too. Angels actually played a really prominent role in the Christmas story. When God wanted to make sure that the message was given, in fact, if you don't know this, the word angel literally means just messenger. So God used some messengers, and we're going to take a look at this in Luke chapter 2, part of this Christmas story. We've actually looked at this passage the last couple weeks, but we're going to take it from a completely different angle tonight. It says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will, be, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You guys, tonight, what I can't wait to share with you and what God shared 2,000 years ago is he has a dream. God himself has a dream. And first thing that we're going to understand about this is that God has a dream for everyone. For every one of you sitting in this room, God has a dream for you. Luke 2.10, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for, let's all say it, who? All the people. And so what happened is um, about two or three months ago when I was starting to think about what do we want to share here on Christmas Eve? I obviously pull out Matthew chapter one and I look at Luke chapter one and two, the stories of Christmas. And as I went to Luke, I found that this fact that God has a dream for all people is even illustrated by who he came to. It's so interesting how God even decided who he decided to come to with his angels. So first off, we have Zechariah. Zechariah was an old priest. Here it is in Luke chapter one, it says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. So the first person that we see in this Christmas story, it's an old guy who's religiously devout. He's a priest in the Jewish nation. This is a high position of esteem. And in, right in the middle, when Zechariah is doing his priestly duties, what he does on a normal business in, his, in the temple, it goes on to say, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. See, Zechariah was an old man, and he hadn't had any children, and yet he had been praying and beseeching God, and God's like, Zechariah, I've heard you, and I'm going to answer your prayer, but oh man, when he said you're going to call him John, <laughs> Zechariah was going to get a boy that he hadn't bargained for. God was going to do way more with him. And in Luke 1.19, it goes on to say this. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. So God comes to an old guy, religiously devout, a priest. Then who does God come to? He comes to a teenage girl named Mary. 
Luke 1, 26 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Do you guys get it, catch, you kind of see this theme going on here? <laughs> Every time God shows up, what happens to people? They freak out. <laughs> and he has to say to you, when I come to you, don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Do you guys see how the, what's going on here? When God comes to announce the birth of his very son into the world, he comes to an old guy who's religious, he comes to a young teenage girl, so you gotta understand this. In that culture, people were married very early. This was, this was weird, like my daughter's 14. That was probably about how old Mary was. And in that culture, if you were a girl, you, didn't, you weren't respected by men at that time, especially if you were a teenager. And God's like, send the angel to that religious old guy, send the angel to this young teenage girl, and then my favorite part of the whole story is, and then send the angel to the shepherds. And if you weren't here last week or if you don't know, in that culture, shepherds were such an outcast of society. Nobody hung out with shepherds. That's why we made this guy lonely because nobody wanted to have anything to do with them. They were considered such a second-rate class citizen that even in a court of law, their word had, wasn't even accepted. And I love the fact that God goes, can I just share something with you? I have a dream. And it's a dream for everyone. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're a male or female. It doesn't matter if you're religiously devout or if you don't even believe in me. It doesn't matter who you are. And that's why, you guys, tonight I want you to hear this. Christmas is when God helped you to know. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. God comes to everyone. And what we find here, you guys, is even with Jesus. So when later on, when he decided to choose 12 guys, he goes, all right, I'm going to spend three years and I'm going to pour into 12 different men who are going to change this world. Who does he choose? You would now, if I, right? If it was my plan, I'm like, okay, man, I got to go to seminary and find all these guys who got all the knowledge. But he, Jesus doesn't choose that. Who does he choose? He chooses fishermen. And then he chooses a tax collector who Jewish people hated. And then he chooses a Jewish zealot. Can you guys, I mean, this is why I know when it says that Jesus Christ had to spend all night praying. Do you guys notice he prayed all night before he chose his disciples? I think that's because he was arguing with his dad. And he was going, are you kidding me? These guys? And I bet you any money, God was saying, yes, these guys. Because I want everybody to know that I have a dream for you. I believe that God chose those people so even on December 24th, 2015, he knew that hundreds of people 
We're gonna gather at K2, the church, and some of you are gonna walk in this door, and you feel today like there's no way that God could actually be interested in you. Either you're not worthy, you haven't done enough good things, you don't have all the answers, you've got questions, you don't feel like you're significant, and I wanna tell you what Christmas says, is yes, you are. I have a dream, and it's for everyone. I want you to know this, man. God will come to you. All right? Now, here's the question then. When he comes to you, why does he do it? What happens? When God actually finally touches your heart and he starts to make himself real to you, why does he do that? Well, here's number two. God has a dream that everyone would be reconciled to him. God's dream, when he comes to us, is because he wants everyone to be reconciled to him. Luke 2, right, the next passage, we're just gonna walk through what the angel said. Here's what they said in verse 11. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. So when he came to the old priest, when he came to the teenage girl, and when he came to the shepherds, he had the same message. Listen, I'm coming to you because I want you to know that there's a savior that I'm sending to you. God's dream is that everyone would be reconciled back to him. I think another way that he could have said this is today, a savior has been born. He could have said today, heaven has come to earth. You guys, that's what Christmas is. Christmas is when heaven came to earth. Now here's how Jesus defined heaven. Heaven is called the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. Now, I know we don't really understand because we don't talk about that, but so, well, what's the kingdom of God? It literally means it's the place where God is the king, <laughs> where he gets to call the shots, where everything is done in God's way. And God is good, and he's right, and he's loving, and he's gracious, gracious and he's compassionate, and he's just. And so what Jesus did, you guys, part of his goal in coming to earth for Christmas was to show us what the kingdom of God looks like. What does it look like when somebody actually completely follows God as their king? And that's what's interesting, is Jesus walked this earth and it was amazing. Everyone he got loved. He started to open up our eyes to help us to understand what reality was. The kingdom of God came down here. And here's one of the ways that we understand this is Jesus actually said this. He goes, I do nothing on my own, but whatever the Father tells me to do, I do. Can I say this to you? Do you guys do anything on your own? Hello. Yeah, you, more of you should have laughed at yourself in that moment. <laughs> do I never do anything? I'm, I'm almost always doing what I want to do. Well, that's not the kingdom of God. You guys, you know what a Christian is? A Christian is somebody who has simply come to realize, I can't follow God. That's what a Christian is. It's not somebody who's good. It's somebody who finally realized they're not good. A Christian is somebody who realized, I can't follow God. See, that's me. I know at the core of my being, there's nothing within inside Dave Nelson that actually wants to follow God. I want to do my own thing. 
I want to do whatever is right in my own eyes. See, heaven, when Jesus came down, he says the kingdom of God is when you do whatever is right in God's eyes. And then he came down to earth, and what's earth, you guys? Earth is every human being separated from God and therefore doing what is ever right in your eyes, right? That's what we do. We do whatever we think is right in our own eyes. And a Christian is someone who finally goes, you know what? I can't follow God. So can I just say, if you're here tonight, and I'm sure we always have so many family members and friends that show up on Christmas with, with people who come here to K2. So if you're not a Christian here today, can I, I just wanted to tell you, this, I think this is great news. Because if you're not a Christian today, that means for whatever reason, you can't follow God. And I just want to say, I get it. <laughs> I can't follow him either. And so for whatever reason that is, you, you, you might have too many questions about him. You might have a, a fear of actually giving up your life. You may simply just not want to follow God, not to do what he wants you to do. I totally get that. See, really, all of us, we have one commitment, and that is the freedom to do whatever we think is best for ourselves. Now, let me share something with you. That's what earth is. That's what all of us are doing as humans. That doesn't exist in heaven. If you're going to say, I'm free to do whatever I want to do, heaven is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is where we follow what God wants us to do. So, and I say this all the time here, but I'm serious. How many of you want, like heaven, right, is this place is supposed to be good and perfect and right and peaceful and no more pain? Anybody want to go to heaven? Right, we all want to go to heaven. So, if heaven, though, if all of us got to do exactly what we feel is right in our own eyes, then heaven's going to be like this again. Anybody want to do this again? No. And so what Jesus, the reason Christmas came was Jesus came down to help us to understand this is your reality or you're all going to die. But heaven is reserved for those who follow God. And then every human being has to admit, I don't like following God. I like him to help me. I like, well, like when I have some needs, I like to pray to him and hopefully he'll help me. But I don't want to follow God. And I want to tell you what, you guys, God has a dream. And it's for every person to be reconciled back to him. So what do you do? What do you do when you have a longing for God, let's say, when you feel actually a conviction, like you want God, but you have this conviction inside of you that says, but I can't follow him. <laughs> I want him, but I don't really want to follow him. Well, when you want to, you guys, what God has simply said is, I sent Jesus to save you from your sin. If you will put your faith in Christ, if you will receive Christ, then what happens is, Jesus says, I will actually take your sin, I'll place it on me, and now we're going to Easter, so join us in four months, okay? In Easter, Jesus says on the cross, he says, listen, I'm gonna take your sin, I'm gonna place it on side of, inside of me, and I'm gonna take the punishment for your sin, I'm gonna die in your place. 
so that you can be completely forgiven. And when I remove your sin from you, I give you my spirit. And my spirit is the only one that always says yes to God. You guys, the good news of Christmas is you can't follow God. You don't have it within you. But heaven, the kingdom of God, is only for people who follow him. Well, then what do I do? You receive Christ. God gave you Christmas. He gave you a savior. He gives you someone who forgives you of all of your sin and replaces your self-centered heart with his spirit. And the cool thing is, for me, and I, I've said this so many times, you guys, <laughs> so for those of you who've been with me for a long time, bear with me, but it's not that I can't sin anymore. I just can't enjoy it like I used to. <laughs> See, that's what the spirit of God does. I now wrestle with sin. I personally want to do what I want to do. But because I've received his spirit inside of me, his spirit always, always, always says yes to God. That's why you need Christ. You'll never be able to follow him. Here's what Jesus said. He goes, you can't enter my kingdom unless you're born of my spirit. You're human. You will always want to do your own thing more than follow God. You must receive my spirit. And then when you do, you'll finally have the power to say yes to God. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I actually want to say yes to God now. But I know this. I can take no credit for that. The only reason I do is because the day I received Christ, he literally changed my heart. And he can change yours too. God has a dream, and it's for everyone to be saved. Let me just read a couple verses, and I'll go to my last point. This is good. First Timothy says, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants, what? All people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ. He gave himself as a ransom for who? All the people. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You guys, God has a dream, and it's for everybody. Old, young, male, female, Religious, irreligious, socially acceptable, social outcast. God has a dream for you, and his dream is that you'll be reconciled to him. But here's what's so cool. That's just the beginning of God's dream. It's just the beginning. So what's the fulfillment of God's dream? What was Christmas? The fulfillment of, this is so crazy. Number three, God has a dream that everyone would be reconciled to who? To everyone. God's dream is what everybody on this planet is longing for right now in 2015. You can't read the news right now with everybody in the world freaking out about what's going on. 
Who else is going to bomb who? And what terror is going to happen? And who's going to shoot somebody? And who's going to walk into the next theater? And, I mean, it's absolute chaos out there. And everybody in the world is trying to figure out, how can't, why can't we just get along? We put coexist bumper stickers on our car, right? We see it everywhere because everybody wants to be at peace with everybody. Can I give you some good news tonight? God's dream is that everyone would be reconciled to who? Everyone. This is what Christmas was actually for. Man, I'm telling you guys, this is why when Martin Luther King gave his speech and he said, I have a dream and it changed our nation, what did he say? I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of the creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even in the state of Mississippi, where my sister lives, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places be made plain, the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and that all flesh shall see it together. I have a dream. Man, can't you just feel that? We've all listened to Martin Luther King's speech. I want to tell you what, there's no question in my mind that the spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, was speaking through Martin Luther King on that day. Because God has a dream. And it's that everyone on this planet would be reconciled to everyone. And I want to tell you what, there's not any of you in this room who don't want that. Some of you just want it at home. You just need it in your own marriage right now. Hope that you could actually be reconciled to one another. That you could be at peace with one another. This is God, you guys. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. These two verses have changed my whole life in the last like 12 to 18 months. Listen, God has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. Look at this. He purposed in Christ. Do you guys want to know what the purpose of Christmas is? <laughs> he tells you right here, can I reveal to you, God says, the mystery of my will, which I purposed in sending Jesus Christ and what all of us are going to celebrate tomorrow. Here's what it is, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. What's God's purpose in Christ? To you not to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. God's dream is unity. It's oneness. This is how he wants to do it, and this is why he has to save us, you guys, because as long as every single one of us are doing what's right in our own eyes, we're always going to have conflict. Hey, you want to have conflict in your marriage? Can all of our spouses, all of our marriages just agree? Hey, when I want what I want, and she wants what she wants, and we get together, it's chaos. We need something. We need to be saved. A savior, the angel said, 
has come for who? All the people, for the world. Now think about this, look at our world today. How could this world actually be saved? Here's what the angel went on to say. Luke chapter two, verse 12. Here's how you can know that there's a savior. This is gonna be the sign. You're gonna find a baby (laughs) wrapped in clothes, lying in a feeding trough. What? Wait, 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 this is the answer? To the world, this is the savior? Because you guys know that a manger is not some cute little thing that's in a, in a crash. A manger is a feeding trough. Do you guys know that? <laughs> See, and here's what you need to understand. This is the message of Christmas. How can you know there's a savior? What's the sign? The sign is that a baby is lying in a feeding trough. Why is that the sign? Because you don't find babies in feeding troughs. If any of you put your baby in a feeding trough, Child Protective Services will come and take you away. You don't find babies in feeding troughs. You find God in the feeding trough. See, here's what's crazy. The angels are talking to these shepherds, and they go, a Savior's born. And here's the sign. A baby's going to be in a feeding trough. And look at verse 12. As soon as they say that, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appear. This is like thousands of angels with the angel, and they all start praising God, and they say, glory to God in the highest. He's in a feeding trough. (laughs) Glory to God in the highest Because on per earth, there now is a chance for peace to those on whom his favor rests. You guys, oh, this is so amazing. Come back for the next two months here, K2, if you want to join us. We're going to try to unpack this reality because it is so fascinating. What's the glory of God? The kingdom of God was coming into the world. He broke into this messed up world into a world that has been so turned upside down from the ways of God. You guys, I have lived 50 years in a culture that says that I should be thinking about myself more than anything else. I live in a body that is so reeked with sin that since the day I was born, all I can do is think about me before I think about you. And I've said this a million times too. If you question, if you think people are born good, just have some kids. (laughs) And the first two words they will say are mine and no. You will never have to train your kids to think about themselves first. So I'm reeked with that. I live with that every day. And so Jesus comes and the angels sing glory to God. He's in a feeding trough. He came into this messed up world that is so divided, in conflict, hating one another, avoiding each other, hurting one another, judging each other. That's what you and I live with every day, and we all do it to each other. Glory to God, he has come 
to save the world. You guys, the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ, is the only one who's always said yes to God every time. He's the only one who says yes to God. He's the only one who not one time ever thought about himself first, but he always thought about the other person. Think about that. Think if every one of us in this room just woke up and all I could think about was you, and all you could think about was me. It'd be beauty. That's marriage at its bliss. And here's what Jesus said. You guys, when he said, you guys, you want to know how to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is it? You guys want to say it with me? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? Earth. Do you hear yourself? You know what Christmas is? The kingdom of God came to earth. And Jesus is saying, and now it can come to you. You can be saved from yourself. You can actually be given a new heart and a new spirit. And the hope of this world is us being saved from ourselves. God's kingdom can come to earth and his will can be done in you and in me. Guys, the glory of God, right when he came to shepherds, to priests and to teenage girls. You know what he was saying? I've got no favoritism. <laughs> God has no favoritism. Look it up in the New Testament over and over and over again. It says, you know what should be happening in the church? No favoritism. Why? Because you've received the spirit of Christ. All you Christians, all you Christians, me included, I now have the spirit of Jesus in me. And who does he choose? <laughs> Old religious guys, young teenage simple girls, and shepherds that nobody wants to be with. So if Jesus Christ is inside of me, you know what that means? I'm not gonna be hanging out just with the people I want. I wanna tell you right now, if you're like the religious type, if you're like a priest and your coffee shop is filled with nothing but priests, that's not the kingdom of God. If you're, if you're a shepherd and you're just kinda hanging out in society and you, if you're somebody who looks down at people who are religious and you're sitting in your coffee shop and you go, I don't want anything to do with the religious people, that's not the kingdom of God. If you're, and all of us do this, we all like to hang out with people who are just like us. And Jesus said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna rescue you because the world's a mess because we're all judging each other and avoiding each other. You know what the church is supposed to be? It's supposed to be a group of people who got that sin taken out and they got a new spirit inside of them and it's the spirit of God who has a dream for who? Everyone. And the church is supposed to be this beautiful community of people who love each other with the love they've received, who realize I never deserve to be loved like this. So I'm gonna love everybody with the love I received. And that's when Jesus said, you know what? If you guys would do that, then the world would actually believe that I came because it's so supernatural. Come on, guys, you know it is. Everybody in this world is looking to be fully known and to be fully loved. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has a dream for every one of you in this room to be reconciled back to him, to get a new heart so you can actually say yes to God. And here's what God's gonna tell you when you say yes to him. He's gonna tell you, love each other. Love each other. I can't. Well, you need a new heart. Because I have a dream. I want everyone to be reconciled to everyone. 
I got good news, man. Someday we're going to be in heaven if you've received Christ. And it is going to be different. It is going to be a place where finally we're completely perfected. Our hearts are completely, all of our sin will be taken away. It's the kingdom of God in its fullness. And it'll be a place where you're fully known and where you're fully loved. But I want to tell you, man, Christmas, Christmas was God sending his kingdom now. You can be set free from yourself, which is a beautiful thing, to bless everybody else around you, which is a beautiful thing. That's God's dream. And it is here today through the power of Jesus Christ and the gift of his Holy Spirit. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your desire to save the world. Thank you that the good news of, of, that a Savior was born is for all the people. God, I don't know, so many people sit in this room today. You know, though. You know exactly where their heart is. For everyone sitting here, God, who just says, man, God, I'm very interested in you, but I just can't follow you. Would you just help them to realize, I know. You need to be saved. You need to receive forgiveness for living for yourself more than me. And you need to receive my spirit so I can give you a new heart so you can enter my kingdom and be with me forever. God, thanks for the hope that Christmas brings, that I do not have to live the rest of my days on this planet as a slave to myself anymore. Jesus, you came to rescue us from a dominion of darkness and to bring us into the kingdom of the Son of God. I just, uh, for one, on behalf of all of us here, can I just say to you, Jesus, we love you. Thank you. We worship you as our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.